We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome into Candlestick Chronicles, a 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm Kyle Mads, and I write about the 49ers over at NinersWire.com, part of the USA Today Sports Media Group. Chris Biederman, 49ers beat writer for the Sacramento Bee, will join me shortly. We have a real-life, meaningful 49er game to talk about. The 49ers at 5-5, five and five, hosting the 5-5 five and five Minnesota Vikings, who are currently 6th in the NFC playoff race, the 49ers. On the outside, looking in at eighth, but they are tied with the seven-seed Saints and, as I said, the six-seed Vikings. So a huge game coming up. We're going to dive into that. But before we get to that, Kyle Shanahan said something really interesting about the 49ers quarterback situation that we're going we're gonna to crack open before we get to the Vikings. So let's get into it. Blue wire. Hey, this is George Kittle, and you're listening to Candlestick Chronicles. made it Chris like three weeks in a row without doing a dive on the 49ers quarterback situation that we talked about seemingly ad nauseum for a better part of um, the last four months but it was rehashed again today Wednesday that is a little bit different schedule this week by the way guys because of the holiday Chris and I are doing two pods this week so this will serve as the midweek pod and then the, the the preview pod. But Kyle Shanahan said a fascinating thing about Jimmy Garoppolo, Chris, that um, we need to talk about because it's the first time he's addressed Trey Lance as the uh, quarterback of the future and not talked about him just starting this year. Yeah, so... I mean, the, there's sort of been this... As Jimmy Garoppolo's played well and... and um you know, he has played really well. And and there are a lot of positive numbers that say he's been one of the best quarterbacks in the league over the last three weeks. Um, and so that's led to the idea that, hey, is Kyle Shanahan going to think about keeping Jimmy Garoppolo for 2022? Right. And off top, like, I think you and I would have dismissed that outright, right? Because it just doesn't make any sense, right? Like the 49ers invested all those 
draft picks in Trey Lance financially, like they could save basically $20 million in cap money um, or $27 million in cap money by getting rid of Jimmy Garoppolo, which they might need to pay Debo Samuel and Nick Bosa who are eligible for extensions after the season. Um, and they just need to probably fortify the rest of the roster, right. With some free agents. Um, and I, I look at the secondary in particular, and those aren't cheap positions. Right. Right. So there's been, you know, it's been hinted at on broadcasts. And I think, you know, I mentioned it that Greg Papa has said he wouldn't be surprised if Jimmy Garoppolo is back on, on a reduced number, um, a reduced salary number next season. And it just like, it does seem a little crazy, right? Like, not because Jimmy Garoppolo isn't playing well, but just like you can't invest all of those things in Trey Lance. Talk about how valuable a, a quarterback on a rookie contract is and then keep Jimmy Garoppolo for a second year after adding Trey Lance. Like mm-hmm. ultimately it's on Kyle Shanahan to develop Trey Lance. Like that's the most important thing Kyle Shanahan has to do aside from just win football games in the short term, right? So if you're kicking the can down the road on Trey Lance and you're keeping Jimmy Garoppolo, not only are you stalling his developmental process, but you're stalling uh, your, pro- your your ability to have financial flexibility in terms of salary cap dollars to help strengthen the rest of the roster because you're basically spending $34 million on your two quarterbacks. Um, so Eric Branch, a uh, friend of the pod, shout out to Eric asked Kyle Shanahan if, you know, there's a chance that Jimmy Garoppolo sticks as the starter in 2022. And what Shanahan said was essentially no. I mean, he he said he's not thinking about it, which I believe because he doesn't have to think about it yet. But he also alluded to the fact that, like, they did the Trey Lance move for a reason. So I'll read the quote. I think there's a chance for anything. But I think we made it pretty clear that Trey is a guy of the future, whenever that'll happen. But it was also nothing against Jimmy that we took him, but we do believe Trey will be our guy of the future. And like I said, I think it'll be really hard if Jimmy's on it for him to beat him out right away. So it's kind of going like that right now, and I'm not thinking much past that. So what Shanahan's saying, when he says, I think it'll be really hard if Jimmy's on it for Trey Lance to beat him out right away, he was talking about this season. And that's kind of borne out as, as time has gone on, right? Like the 49ers are on a two-game winning streak. Garoppolo has played pretty well in his last four games. Um, so it makes sense from that standpoint to keep playing Jimmy Garoppolo. But barring like a Super Bowl win, and this is just my opinion, or like Jimmy Garoppolo just being really incredible in the playoffs, I do not see a scenario where Jimmy Garoppolo is back as a 49ers quarterback. Right what's happening now is that Jimmy Garoppolo is bolstering his trade value and in an off season where it's not expected to be a particularly good quarterback class in the draft, suddenly Jimmy Garoppolo could have a lot more value than maybe he did in October. Right. Right. Like if Jimmy Garoppolo plays like this and like, maybe you can get a first round pick for him. Mm -hmm. Like, is it crazy? I mean, it's a lot. That's crazy. If he plays like if he plays at this level for the rest of the season, I don't think it's that crazy. I think it is though. Yeah, I mean, like first two hundred pick is is probably what. Like he was a, he was worth a second before he ever was. Yeah, but that was pick. but 
Okay, but that was that was when there were still questions of like, oh man, this guy's ceiling is up here. Where he what he's doing right now is not anything that he wasn't doing in 2019. He's just been he's been good by the standard that that he set through the first five weeks, six weeks. Right. You know, like he's fine. He's he's fine, and he's been playing really well by Jimmy Garoppolo standards. But the 49ers in the, in those four games, he's thrown it 27 times a game. And he's thrown for 250 yards and like, like fine, but I don't think there are any teams watching him play and put the stats aside, you know, watch the tape. Like, I don't think there's a team watching him going, man, that is the guy who's going to get us. Like Pittsburgh is not watching Jimmy Garoppolo and saying, that's what we need to unlock chase Claypool. You know, (laughs) I just don't, I just don't, I just don't foresee a team unloading a first round pick for Garoppolo a second I would I, I would be pretty surprised but I, I would buy that but I just I don't think his ceiling is high enough at age you know going to be 30 to to justify that. yeah I mean That's look he's leading the league in passer rating and yards per attempt um mm-hmm. in the last four games right so it's like yeah. a relatively small sample and we know Jimmy can play at this level the thing that stands out to me, which I will always continue to argue, is that your offense is basically limited when Jimmy Garoppolo is your quarterback, right? Like, you need to be able to run the ball 35, 40 times consistently. And a lot of game scripts just don't allow you to do that. And we still haven't seen this year Jimmy Garoppolo throw it 40 times and throw for four touchdowns and 350 yards at an efficient rate without throwing any interceptions and like leading the Niners to a win, right? Like Garoppolo is playing very well in the context of the Niners running it 40 times and utilizing play action and getting the ball out of his hand as quickly as possible. Right. And not pushing the ball downfield. They, they are putting Debo Samuel at running back because that's how they have to move the ball. Like they're running it 40 times, but the 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 thing that, that stands out to me, and I know Elijah Mitchell's not there. I know it's not Raheem Mostert, it's Jeff Olson Jr. And, and Trey Sermon, but those guys are averaging like three yards a carry the last two games. Right. It's not like they're running the hell out of the ball. They're just doing enough in the ground game and putting Debo Samuel back there to generate big plays. And I think that's happening because teams aren't scared of Jimmy Garoppolo. Right. Yeah, I mean, the, so the context here to me is always like Kyle Shanahan said it when they made the trade up for Trey Lance. It was like, you you want a top five quarterback. And that's sort right. of the evolution in Shanahan's thinking from 2017 when he was banking on, you know, signing Kirk Cousins in free agency before the Garoppolo trade came up. Mm-hmm. At that point, Shanahan was like, well, I'll spend 2017 building out the roster so we can make it, you know, sort of turnkey for a franchise quarterback to come in and then compete in 2018 right away. Right. And they more or less did that, but it was Garoppolo and they sort of had to punt on 2018 because Garoppolo got hurt in week three when he tore his ACL. So now in trading up for Lance, he's making a push for a top five quarterback. Right. And if you can get anywhere, I'm not saying Trey Lance, you know, I mean, nobody should expect Trey Lance to be a top five quarterback while he's on his rookie contract. But ultimately, like that's the most sustainable thing that leads to like winning in the NFL right. consistently. Right. Right. 
you have a, one of the best quarterbacks in the league. You don't need an awesome roster. Uh, he, he can elevate your roster. You can cover up a lot of uh, weaknesses just mm-hmm. by having an elite quarterback and by having a quarterback who can move around, who can be part of the running game. You could create, I don't want to say a limitless offense, but an offense where you can do a ton of different things week in and week out. Right. It's a less limited offense. That's that's the evolution in Kyle Shanahan's thinking is that he wants to he wants to. to, Okay, we have a top five quarterback. We can do all sorts of different stuff. The idea that I just want Kirk Cousins to manage the game and run my offense like that clearly doesn't work, because if I'm going to win a Super Bowl, I have to beat Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen and Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers and all of these super dynamic guys. Can I you might have you might include the Vikings and Kirk Cousins who come into Levi Stadium on Sunday in that conversation. Right. Like they can score. And that's the question now with Jimmy Garoppolo. When what everyone is going to point to the Saints game and that's valid, but that's one game where he has taken over with his with his right arm. It's two years ago. Right. And it's that's that's the remaining question I have is, okay. the defense, the the Niners defense is the kind of story because Shanahan said about Kirk Cousins and he said about Jimmy Garoppolo, these are guys you can win with and you can win with them when your defense is giving up 10 points and your offense is able to to churn out enough of a ground game to run it 42 times and make it so he only has to make, you know, six to eight, maybe 10 throws a game. but the the question becomes what happens when he has to make 15 or 20 throws in the game what happens when the opposing team has 30 points can the niners put up 38 and may, the 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 answer is maybe but the goal is to make it where okay the other team scores 30 no worries we have a quarterback that can just go make that happen and right now that's a giant question mark it's always going to be with jimmy garoppolo maybe but he might also throw three interceptions and fumble once. Right. Like what's going to happen when you are unable to string together 15, 20 play touchdown drives, right. Or scoring drives, right. Like, Consi- And it's consistency, not one time. Like I get the saints game. That was great. I get the Cardinals game at Levi stadium in 2019, again, back in 2019 where he threw two picks. Like he was good in that game, but week in week out like there's not a question of how good tom brady's going to be or how good patrick mahomes is going to be or how good aaron Rodgers is going to be right and there's that question with jimmy garoppolo and there's always going to be which is why the 49ers are moving off of him i have like so you know i'm in a group chat and and i have friends who wow really believe in this is aside from from our group chats i'm in other group chats believe it or not um but i i I i have other friends who are like big jimmy garoppolo believers and they point to, well, look at look at the way he's playing. Look at what he's done in this game, this game, and this game. The problem is, is you need to take in the entirety of Jimmy Garoppolo. Right. Right. Like, you need to take into account the fact that 2018 was basically a lost year because he tore his ACL. You need to take into account the fact that 2020 was basically a lost year because of his ankle problems. You need to take into account that one of the big reasons the 49ers lost the Seahawks game is because he got kicked in the calf and had to come out and that threw a wrench and everything aside from the special teams problems. Like the thing with Jimmy Garoppolo, I mean, Kyle Shanahan made Jimmy Garoppolo the full-time starter for a full season starting in 2018. He's been the full-time starter 
2018, 2019, 2020, and 2021. They've made the playoffs once in three seasons and might this year. But what you're not getting from Jimmy Garoppolo, just if you look at the entire picture, is certainty that you get when Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson or Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen is or Lamar Jackson, like, you know, you're going to be in the mix with those guys and Jimmy Garoppolo, you can be in the mix with them, but you're like, all right, we need a really good running game. We need a really good defense Mm -hmm. and we are going to struggle to push the ball downfield and teams are going to load the box against us. And we're going to have to, we're going to have to have scoring drives that last 15 to 20 plays. And that's just a really tough needle to thread consistently. Right. Mm-hmm. right. Because the roster, you're going to have injuries. You're going to like the roster is going to look different year after year. But what has to be constant is elite quarterback play. If you're going to contend for championships with regularity, which is what, which is what Kyle Shanahan wants to do. And so that's ultimately the difference between Jimmy Garoppolo, who on any given week could look like a top five, top 10 quarterback. He's really Mm -hmm. efficient and making, and making, you know, getting rid of the ball quickly and making good throws. But then like, Oh, Jimmy Garoppolo got kicked in the calf and now he's out for a game and a half. And that's just it. Perfect encapsulation of, of the Jimmy Garoppolo experience. And I think things that Kyle Shanahan tears his hair out over are play 19 of their drive against Chicago was a brilliant play call that got Jeff Wilson Jr. alone. Jacksonville. What did I say? Chicago. Against Jacksonville. Point stand. He got, no, there's something coming up about Chicago too. Okay. Stay tuned. That's a tease. So against Jacksonville, play 19 is his brilliant play call. Jeff Wilson Jr. alone on the, in, in the right side of the end zone. He had 15 yards by himself and Garoppolo misses the throw. Like flat out, he didn't have to throw it over somebody. And okay, maybe, but it's inconsequential for an NFL quarterback. He didn't have to thread a needle. There was no defender he had to burn. He just had to throw it in the general vicinity of Jeff Wilson Jr. and missed it. Inexplicable. The Niners walk away with three points, inconsequential to the game. But for this discussion, it's a play like that. It's a play like Chicago, where he hits Debo Samuel 50 yards. Great throw. Undeniably fantastic throw they came back the next play Debo Samuel just runs it out gets open for a touchdown and Garoppolo just misses it he had another miss to Kyle Juszczyk open almost the same route a little deeper in the end zone misses it like he's missing so many easy throws and it's like okay yeah the offense is is good when he's there but imagine if they had a quarterback that could make these throws consistently how much better they would be. And that's what Kyle Shanahan has an eye on. Like, yeah, Garoppolo has been great the last four games and he's been really good. And the Niners have won three out of those four and, and hunky dory. But when Kyle Shanahan watches that tape, I guarantee he's not going, okay, great. He hit Debo on a slant or okay. He hit, he hit IU down the field. Here's three throws that he missed. And yeah, we scored 30. That's great, but it could have been 40. Right. And I think that's what Kyle Shanahan, when he says like, yeah, Jimmy's been great, betrays the guy of the future. That's why. And we got to talk about tick pick because the 49ers are back in the thick of the playoff race. They're at 500 and they're coming home to face the Minnesota Vikings who are going to be right there with them in the playoff chase. And that game in week 12 at Levi stadium against the Minnesota Vikings could go a long way toward determining 
playoff seating and whether one of those teams either does or does not get into the playoffs. Kyle Shanahan talked about it. Players talked about it, how awesome the fans were on Monday Night Football. And the Niners are going to need that in week 12 against a good Minnesota Vikings team. Chris, I actually used Tick Pick over the weekend when I was in Arizona. I'm hanging out with a buddy of mine and we didn't have a plan. That was our running bit is that I went and visited him in Arizona. We didn't have a plan. We're hanging out and we're sitting there Saturday night. We're like, hey, the Cardinals are at home tomorrow. Let's go. Panthers in town. Cam Newton on the sideline. We didn't know Cam was going to play. Like, yeah, let's go. Let's go hang out and watch watch Cardinals Panthers. And he goes, okay, well, I'll check and see tickets. Well, I said, I got this. So I went to TickPick. I looked at it and found great prices. And I told him, hey, here's how much the tickets are. It's just get in the door. You know, we don't we don't need to sit on the 50 yard line or anything. Just getting in the door. And he said, okay, but what's like the actual price? So what are you talking about? That's the price. And he said, no, no, no. After all the fees and stuff, like how much is this going to cost me? And I said, dude, this is TickPick, bro. They've eliminated the fees. This price I'm showing you is the price that it is. We're going to go sit in there and we're going to drink expensive beer and we're going to watch PJ uh, Walker and Cam Newton light up the Cardinals. I didn't say that because I didn't know Cam was going to play, but you get it. That's what we ended up doing. It was an incredible time. And you can have that same incredible time at Levi Stadium in week 12 when the 49ers host the Minnesota Vikings if you just go to TickPick. They've eliminated all those service fees that make the tickets so much more expensive than they look. It is the best ticket buying experience that you can have. If you can find better prices for the same seats on a different ticket site, TickPick will give you 100% of the difference in the purchase price. And you can visit TickPick.com slash candlestick today to save $10 on your first order of 49ers tickets. That's right. Hit up TickPick.com slash candlestick today to save $10 on your first order of 49ers tickets. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah. And, and look, the issue, I, I think the issue that 
Kyle Shanahan has run into has been more about messaging than I think execution, right? Because ultimately you can look at the last four games and say, all right, like Kyle Shanahan's probably handling this the correct way. You can quibble and like, I'll still, I will always believe that the 49ers could have contended for the NFC West had they just started. Like if they traded Jimmy Garoppolo in the off season, gave Trey Lance all of the reps in training camp, and made him the starter from week one, I still think the Niners could have been good enough to to at least get a playoff spot. Like, I think they would have a better record right now. But I also understand what, what Kyle Shanahan's doing because he is, a, he is a coach with sort of an old-school mentality, right? Like, his dad is very much the epitome of a red ass, right? Like mm-hmm. an old... And a red face. <laughs> and a red face, for sure. But, like... So to 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 not want to hand over your contending team, which I'm putting in air quotes right now, to a rookie who only played one game in 2020, like I understand that. And we're seeing Kyle Shanahan essentially be right about Jimmy Garoppolo, even though it took probably longer than anybody would have liked. Right. The issue that Shanahan had was when he said Trey's going to play for us this year and kept alluding to Taysom Hill and Drew Brees and all that right. and that kind of dynamic. He set an expectation, and then when that didn't come to fruition and he just decided to keep Trey Lance on the bench for whatever reason, then it's like, well, what's wrong with Trey? Right. Why aren't you using him the way you said you would? And just to add to that, the way he used him in the preseason finale and then the way he used him in week one. Right. So there was was a disconnect in messaging because ultimately what Kyle Shanahan said in August didn't end up being true at all. Right. So – you know, like that's fine now that you're actually winning games, but that's a bigger problem when you're losing games, which is why we talked about it so much. Anyway, I point wonder... here being it doesn't it doesn't make any sense to unless Jimmy Garoppolo wins you a Super Bowl. Uh-huh. I don't think there's really a scenario where it makes sense to bring him back. Because if he plays great and you go to the playoffs and he wins a couple playoff games or whatever, but you don't win a Super Bowl, but he's still like Jimmy Garoppolo is like a serious asset and a reason why you're winning right. these games. Then you just trade him and get a whole lot of stuff. Right. Because that's, we know how valuable the quarterback position can be. And you sure. re, you restock some of your draft capital that you get. And if Jimmy Garoppolo comes back to earth a little bit, then it's like, all right. Right. <laughs> Now we continue with the plan to move on to Trey. And if if they're sticking with Jimmy Garoppolo because they still don't think Trey Lance is ready, then they have a whole disaster on their hands. Oh yeah. And th- here's here's another thing I I want to I want to address because I feel like it comes up quite a bit. I, I've seen it on on Twitter. I've seen it on different talk shows. The idea that Aaron Rodgers sat for three years. Aaron Rodgers sat behind a Hall of Famer. Right. Like. like Brett Favre isn't the best quarterback of all time, but he's way better than Jimmy Garoppolo. So there's there's a difference here. And Tom Brady said you for know, a six-round pick Tom Brady behind former what Drew Bledsoe was a first. Drew Bledsoe pick, was really he? good. He was a first overall pick, wasn't he? Yeah. And he went to a Super Bowl. Um, I don't know if he's a first overall pick, but he's a really good player. Like Drew Brees has gotten dramatically underrated because of because of what Tom Brady became, but no, I just, it, it's, it's, um, I would be shocked 
barring what we're talking about, where Jimmy Garoppolo takes this leap that we thought he was going to take in 2020 after the way he finished 2019. But if he kind of just keeps being Jimmy Garoppolo, you can expect kind of a face plant type of game where he throws a couple of head scratching interceptions and, um, you know, the Niners just don't, their offense looks a little bit disjointed. Uh, the Philly game comes to mind where they had two good drives, but other than that, it was just kind of a lot of just kind of a mess on offense. Like that's coming. At least I think it is. And the fact that I still think it is says a lot about where Jimmy Garoppolo is as a quarterback. And maybe I'm wrong. I've been wrong before FYI. And maybe he goes on and they win like you like you just laid out. He play he's awesome and he helps them win a couple playoff games and and that's what it is. But I still don't think, given what we know about Jimmy Garoppolo, that he's still gonna be their guy moving forward. And and Kyle Shanahan said as much today. And I thought it was interesting because that's something you've alluded to is like we've never seen Shanahan say, like, oh yeah, Trey's the guy. He's the guy moving forward. And so for him to say that today, I found that pretty significant, regardless of Jimmy Garoppolo, like remove him from the conversation, just focusing on Trey Lance and his career and his development. That meant that that was that was significant to me because that's the first time he's really acknowledged Trey Lance beyond 2021. And like, no, he's the guy like we brought him in to be our dude. And that's what he's going to be. Right. If you're like, if you're Kyle Shanahan and you do bring back Jimmy Garoppolo in 2022, you will put a lot more pressure on yourself than you would if you just started Trey Lance. Because if you're Kyle Shanahan and you roll it back with Jimmy Garoppolo and then Jimmy Garoppolo isn't good or you're not at least like contending to win the NFC West, then it's like, man, what are we doing? The good news. But if the- you but if you start a young guy, you have you have some room, right? You like the young guy is going to take some lumps and have some bad games or whatever. But ultimately, the most important thing is developing him. If you decide against developing him next year by playing him, then I think that puts Kyle Shanahan under a ton of pressure. And if the 49ers were to not make the playoffs in 2022 with Jimmy Garoppolo as a starter, like there's a real chance that like Kyle Shanahan is actually on the hot seat. Not this like fans are upset because they lost to the Colts hot seat, but like, right. You have this quarterback plan and you've deviated from it completely because you have faith in Jimmy Garoppolo. Like, and if you're not winning games, it's problematic. If you're winning games, if then it's fine, but it's also like, all right, we could, we really could have used these other first round picks. Right. And that's, <laughs> if you were going to have faith in Jimmy Garoppolo, like if there was, st- if that door was still open, you shouldn't be trading three first round picks. I'm sorry. Using three first round picks to, to draft Trey Lance. If there was still, if the door was still open on Jimmy Garoppolo, you, you wait till the second round and draft Kellen Mond, whose cheeks, by the way. Uh, you draft Kellen Mond or Kyle Trask or whatever, and you make him the backup and say, look, we upgraded our backup, but we still believe in Jimmy. Like, no, man, you sold out. You slammed the door on Jimmy Garoppolo and you went and got Trey Lance. You cannot now try and reopen that door. It's it's done. Or you just like, it's, sit at 12 and draft Mac Jones. Right. And that's the other, that's the other thing is the good news for the, the good news for Shanahan is um, at least there's not a team that didn't make the playoffs last year who's starting a rookie quarterback and is leading their division right now. That would be rough. Yeah. Wait, fill, What's me, that? In. fill me in on the reference. What's that? 
Oh, the Patriots are literally doing that right now. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Our fact checker got in my ear and let me know the Patriots right now leading the AFC East after missing the playoffs last year. They started a rookie who got, you know, not all the reps in camp, but a lot of the reps in camp and has been the starter since week one and has progressed. Weird how that works. But to that point, get better the more they play. But to that point, but to that point, if the Niners really looked at Trey Lance and said, look, like this guy needs a lot of work. Like it's going to take him 13 weeks just to just to get the game to slow down a little bit. And in those 13 weeks, we're going to wind up two and 10. If that's their thinking, you see why they go with Jimmy Garoppolo. Because again, a lot of this mindset, remember, is built on, well, if Jimmy's healthy in 2018, we go to the playoffs. Look what happened in 2019. Went to the Super Bowl and he was healthy. 2020 contended for the playoffs and Jimmy was hurt most of the year. If he's healthy, we're back in the Super Bowl hunt. So I get why they went with that, especially if they thought, I said 13 weeks, even if it's six. They went, hey, it's going to take six weeks for Trey to really, and you know, we're worried we might start 0-5. Like, okay, now now you kind of get it a little bit, but I, I I also see what what you're saying. But I mean, now they're sitting here in week 12, they're five and five, and they're playing for the sixth seed in the playoffs on Sunday. Yeah. In a I really good like, division. A lot of my faith, or like a lot of my bullishness on on trey lance stems from just watching him practice at training camp like he he was good like he was really good and it was like i'm looking around and everybody's like this guy's the real deal like why why isn't he and then john lynch says it well you know he goes on kmbr and says trey lance that other station that other station he's pushing jimmy garoppolo for a starting job it's like oh interesting because that's what we're seeing and then all of a sudden that idea just kind of went away yo can we talk about that real quick sure just while we're on this topic and then we'll get to the vikings i promise we got pick six coming up as well but (laughs) it's a podcast i don't need to seize um the john lynch saying that trey lance is gaining on jimmy garoppolo like a week before the regular season started was an insane thing to do that's to- was it a week before the season started? Because I remember it like in August. Like uh, it might have been a week. August. I'm sorry, it might have been a week before like the last preseason game. Okay, it was late though. It was late in the preseason. Yeah, I mean and, that's and it's that, like that goes you- back to the messaging thing, right? Right, and that's that's what I'm saying. Is like, it's like, dude, you, this is Kyle Shanahan's decision. John Lynch is not getting Shanny on the horn and going, "Hey, Kyle, uh, John here." Um, <laughs> Trey needs to start. I think he's really gaining on him. And Kyle Shanahan going, wow, really? You think so? Okay, yeah. Well, okay, yeah. Let's talk about it. That's not happening. That that conversation never happened. And if it did, Shanahan's going, okay, John. You got it, man. (laughs) And hanging up. I have another Mai Tai. So I I just... (laughs) The the idea that the GM would come out and say that while the head coach is sitting there going like, yeah, we can't win with this guy is banana sandwich. Like, figure it out. Yeah. I just when oh, Yeah, it I didn't, can't believe he said that. I still to this day can't believe that John Lynch went on the radio in the Bay Area and said that Trey Lance is gaining on Jimmy Garoppolo. The hype was real for sure. And for whatever reason it tailed off. That's that's like, the other thing. The play the play in practice tailed off a little bit. I think a lot of it had to do with being behind a terrible offensive line and taking a lot Shit. of sacks. Yeah. 
which makes sense. Like you yeah. see that you see that happen with rookie quarterbacks all the time who right. get hit a lot and they just don't develop because their eyes come down instead of looking up. And That's I do the wonder other thing. Too... Oh, go ahead. The people who were never out at practice talking about people who were at practice going like you got caught up in the Trey Lance hype. Like, no, they watched. <laughs> no, they saw it happening. I, I charted all the quarterback plays. <laughs> did you even chart bro no it's just that the, that's just a really that's another really annoying like radio thing especially on my station people who were not there going like oh all these people started saying like yeah man because they were they were watching it happen yeah like if you were not there you don't get to judge who was good and who was not i'm sorry there, were, there were reports from like elsewhere like people talking to people inside the 49ers building being like this trey lance kid is like patrick mahomes 2.0 Right. Like that was actually written. I think, was it Tyler Dune? Who was it? Somebody else? I forget. I think it, I think Tyler Dunn, Tyler Dune. It's a, um, we don't know. We don't talk. He, he spurned us for a podcast appearance. Oh, he did. Uh, No, that, no, he, he was, no, that's a, but I mean, it it was working on it. It was efforting him. It was, it was definitely real. Um, one thing it was a Colorado radio person. Okay. Oh, okay. Um, I know, I know who you're talking about. (laughs) <laughs> there's a- another aspect of it too is like and i think tim kawakami has mentioned this um but he's like if we're if raheem mostert stays healthy and you have raheem mostert in the backfield like is that does that allow you to play trey lance more mm. in some of those special situations because raheem mostert is such a different type of running back that's very interesting so if raheem mostert's healthy there's a world where like all right you have a Raheem Mostert and Trey Lance package. And then that's what Kyle Shanahan had in mind. And then you lose Raheem Mostert and it's like, all right, well, now I kind of got to go back to square one here. And then Lance has a knee injury. Like, right. You remember Kyle Shanahan said recently, um, Trey Lance might've started against the Colts had he not come out of that Arizona game with right. the injury. Yep. Which is another like, Hey, Kyle Shanahan, like maybe don't run Trey Lance in the line of scrimmage on quarterback power nine times. <laughs> I don't know. <Okay. laughs> maybe use some like some of your running backs to carry the ball, not, not your quarterback, <laughs> like exclusively. Um, anyway, hey, I think Trey Sermon, one carry in that game. I think FYI. we hit this topic. How many did uh, Elijah Mitchell have? Didn't he have like six? It's like seven, I think. Eight? Eight? I don't know. Not enough it's for sure. Sense. There's no way Trey Lance was the best option to run the ball in that game it just wasn't i agree kyle shannon knows way more about football than i do it was like he, but it was I like will, i will fight him on that point <laughs> not physically it was like when i was okay. a kid when i was in when i was uh, like 12 one of the pitchers on the baseball team i played on learned how to throw a curveball and it was like all he did and eventually the other team figured it out and he got smacked around really bad and it's like, you got to throw something other than the curveball. And it was like Kyle Shanahan got really excited to run Trey Lance. He's like, oh, yeah, do the quarterback power thing again. That's kind of how it felt. But yeah, I don't think that's, the, I don't think that's, 11. for what, I don't think it's the long term plan to run Trey Lance God, that I hope many not. times. If he drafted no Trey way. Lance so he could run quarterback power 10 times a game, like that would be just wild. The, the, the mythical plays that Kyle Shanahan was drawing up for Trey Lance on the way back from the Justin Fields workout was just quarterback right. power over and over. He's going to be in shotgun. We can do it left. 
and we can do it right. We're going to hammer that B gap. <laughs> and then we get Lake and Tomlinson to pull behind Danny Bruns, who's tough to beat out. <laughs> Anyways. Oh, good times. Good times. Um, yeah, let's uh, let's let's get to pick six. Tyler, drop that. Oh my god, the pick six intro is so sick. <laughs> Anyways, okay. I'll get fired from this eventually. Um, let's do pick six for the 49ers and Vikings. This is a fascinating game because I feel like they're just a little bit sort of the same team. The Vikings have better receivers and a really good running back in Dalvin Cook. And their offense is really explosive. But they just they don't turn the ball over. No, and they, Kirk Cousins is at like like 21 touchdowns and two picks or something this year. Like he's playing really well. But they just they're still five and five, and their defense is really bad, and their offense is capable of stinking. They're a weird team. Like when you like just three look three overtime you, games. What well, right? And that's so they should like they should have beat the Cardinals. They missed the like a 30 yarder or something to win it. Yeah. And that was not an overtime game, but it came down to the very last play. Right. Right. And then they've also gone to three overtime games. Like they could very easily be like seven and three or eight and two right now. And they're just not. And that's why they're so interesting because when you watch them play, like you watch them against green Bay last week and it was like, Oh, this is a legit, this is a really good team, but they just haven't haven't put it all together in their five and five. There's been one game all season for them out of their 10 that they've played where it's been decided by more than one score. It was week three against Seattle when they won 30 to 17. Their other scores, a loss 24-27, a loss 33-34 to cart to Arizona in that field goal game you mentioned. Mm-hmm. The Seahawks game. They lost to Cleveland uh 14-7. They beat Detroit 19-17. They beat Carolina in overtime, 34-28. Like 16 to 20, a loss to the Cowboys. 31-34, lost to Baltimore overtime. Beat the Chargers by seven, 27-20, and then beat the Packers in that crazy game last week, 34-31. They only play close games. And so to me, what's going to be interesting about this from the 49ers perspective is like we talk about how well they've played in three of the last four weeks. The Bears game was pretty lopsided after halftime. The Rams game was kind of a blowout from the jump because you get the interception, the touchdown drive, the pick six, it's 14, nothing game was out of hand early. And then the Jaguars were just never close. So can the 49ers win a close game against a good team? Um, And we haven't seen them do it yet, right? Like they, they should have beat the Packers. They lost that one Um, at Arizona, close game, Trey Lance starting lost that one right the Colts game was just it was close for kind of the majority of it but ultimately a disaster the Cardinals game was a disaster like can can the Niners win one of these games that Minnesota has won where it's like the game comes down to the wire and it's a handful of plays that ultimately end up being the difference like that's what we haven't seen we've seen them blow teams out but when the script is not that way can they win those games and that's what I think is really interesting about Sunday yeah. Now there's a 
fascinating thing with Minnesota. They cannot stop the run. They're really, really bad against the run. I think they're 27th in the league in run defense DVOA, which is the football outsiders um, defensive efficiency stat. Uh, so it it's kind of just a, metric. Yeah, we're very smart. No, no, but it's just <laughs> it, it, it's it's. It's a metric that basically takes everything into account and and spits out. It quantifies like what you're seeing. It's weighted. Like, it, like it, it factors right. in competition and like how good the teams are playing against are and all that. Yeah, right. And it's not just like it takes in game script and stuff. So it's not just like you can rack up a bunch of passing yards because you're behind the whole game. Right. Like that doesn't. So, anyways, the the Vikings have a bad run defense by any metric. And you watch them and their run defense isn't very good. Like that's, that's kind of the whole thing here. And so I think the 49ers are going to be able to run on them, but when they sell out to stop the run, when they bring nine down into the box and they leave Debo Samuel and Brandon, Ayuk single covered, can you beat them? That's the, and that's kind of goes back to the Jimmy Garoppolo conversation we were just having. The answer with Kirk cousins this year has been Yes. If you sell out to stop Dalvin Cook, Kirk Cousins with Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen is going to kill you. And Tyler Conklin, their tight end's having a good year. But can Jimmy Garoppolo do that consistently? The answer is, nah, I don't know. Like, can they win a 31 to 30 game? Right. Can the they win like a seesaw yes. back and forth? The answer is yes, they can. But the answer is also maybe. Yeah. They've been front running. It's not a bad thing. It's just the way these games have gone and it's not, it hasn't been challenging. Like every time, you know, they haven't won like a close game since Philadelphia week mm -hmm. two. So, Mm -hmm. and that's looking more and more as kind of Philly plays like a, like a game they probably should have won by more. Right. Well, Philly's in Philly's in the hunt half a game back. Their defense isn't. We can talk about Philly later. <laughs> Let's do pick six. Do I pick first? I feel like I pick first. You you do pick first this week. So okay. we we got a couple of suggestions on Twitter for how to do this differently. So we're not just picking the same kind of, you know, four to six guys every week. We're just going to do the bit how we do it. And then we will refine it over the off season. And then we're going to do have some stakes for it next year. Not literal stakes, but actually, you know, we'll, we'll put something on the line, a six pack or something like that. I mean, that. I don't hate, I don't hate putting stakes on it. You, like steaks I, I in a, can, in a four pack up. from Coop. What? A steaks in a four pack from Cooperage. Oh man! I mean, I can grill up a meat and steak. I mean, you New can. York. Cut. Our, buddy, our, our buddy Nick Wagner can grill too. By the way, yeah, our he can. favorite cast member. He can. But um, all right, yeah. Well, got, next year got, we'll put steaks in a, in a four pack from Cooperage on it. I got I got bars on the grill. Or if, a case from Cooperage if you want to get wild. Okay, let's let's. let's <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's let's get to it. You pick first. Uh, I'm going Debo. Did we Samuel. hit the thing? Did we already hit the thing? Yes, we hit the thing. Okay, Tyler great. Played that. I'm going Tyler, with Debo Samuel Tyler, first. Play it again, Tyler. Play it again right now. No, play don't play it again. again. It's play it's it again. good, but it's it's long. Um, I'm going with Debo Samuel because he scores touchdowns Summer. seemingly every week. He's the 49ers MVP. He's their most dynamic offensive player. Um, he's like their second best running back, maybe even their best running back. Like, are we he's, sure he's not their best running back? Let's okay. For real. Like not, this isn't a bit like, I'm not joking. I'm not doing a haha. If you're doing the 49ers running back depth chart right now, it's Elijah Mitchell Debo signal. It, and I'm saying, are we sure that Elijah Mitchell is better than Debo Samuel? Like a thousand percent sure. Yeah. 
in terms of in terms of a guy who's going to get 15 to 18 carries in a game yeah Debo Samuel's averaging 7.2 yards per attempt right that's it right because the the volume's low they both could have three touchdowns could he do that if if he was I, I understand your point I'm I'm just saying Debo he's Samuel their most, is such a their good running most effective ball toucher wow really really did that really did that all right my point here is that Debo Samuel is so good at running back. I'm not entirely sure with a thousand percent certainty that Elijah Mitchell's the Niners best running back. That's fair. That's all I'm saying. And I that's know a the, fair, the and sample that's a size discussion. is small and like those plays are sort of uniquely designed and all that. I'm picking Debo Samuel because he's a baller. He scored a lot of touchdowns recently and, uh, and he's deserving of the first overall pick. So I'm going to stick with it. I like that very much. I'm going to stick with the other, uh, receiver Brandon Ayuk coming off a huge game and I think that the 49ers are going to have to throw a lot to keep up with Minnesota in this one I think Minnesota is going to score like the Niners defense has been pretty good the last couple weeks but Matthew Stafford was abysmal on Monday Night Football and the Jags offense is gross like it's it sucks it's really really bad so uh I think Minnesota is gonna is gonna rack up some points on the Niners defense that I think it's going to require big games from both of the 49ers receivers, including Brandon Ayuk. And Brandon Ayuk is a very, very effective weapon in the red zone because of his ability to get open in a phone booth, which is my favorite draft guy phrase. So I'm going with Brandon Ayuk. I like the pick. I don't know if I love the value if we're if we're taking this, if we're doing draft guy stuff with this. Because totally. like you could probably get Ayuk fourth. Or I guess fifth. Since you're picking, maybe, uh, or no, I'm picking. You're, yeah, fourth. You could have taken him fourth. Anyway. Yeah, maybe. Um, I'm gonna go with arguably the best player in the NFL. Um, per Pro Football Focus, the 49ers left tackle Trent Williams is the highest graded player in the entire league. Um, and I'm picking Trent Williams on the basis of the potential to just have viral blocks. Yeah, like. I don't know if we're going to be able to quantify it. Maybe if they like score a bunch of touchdowns on outside runs where he's just like mauling people like he always does. But like, he's just so unique. Like he's able to somehow he has blocks where he just kind of like gets around guys and like seals them off, even though he started on like the other side of them. I can't even explain it like on the pod, but he just he kind of just like gets around people. Well, remember what Joe Staley said? Say it again. Remember what Joe Staley said about how Kyle Shanahan teaches blocking? Like you come off at a 45 degree angle. You don't try and get leverage one way or the other. And Trent Williams is big enough and athletic enough that he can not only do that 45 degree get up, but he can then also get turned. Yeah. It's, it's wild. Yeah. So I'm picking Trent solely on the potential for having viral blocks on the internet. (laughs) I like that. I and he shut, out, he shut out Josh Allen last week, too. Yeah, like it doesn't look like Everson Griffin's going to play for Man. a whole bunch of crazy reasons. Um, but like, you know, if they're depleted up front at all, like that favors Trent Williams in a big way. And the 49ers are going to try to run the ball 40 times, I would I would think. Um, Everson Griffin, hoping he gets the help that uh, he needs to get. It yeah. sounds like uh, the Vikings and, and he are working on that. So uh, sending our best to him. But he is the subject of one of my favorite memories of the 49ers Vikings playoff game, 
where in warmups, he was just talking massive amounts of shit to some Niner fans and then just got worked by George Kittle the entire game. And because of that, George Kittle is going to be my pick because if the 49ers are going to run the ball effectively, it's going to have a lot to do with number 85. And he's going to be there as a receiver too. But his his run blocking is just puts their run game on a little bit different level. Charlie Warner's been surprisingly really good this year. Like he took a pretty significant step up as a run blocker, but Kittle's just on a completely different level in part because teams have to respect the fact that he can go and beat them as a passer. So, or as a, as a receiver, um, Chaz Warner, Chaz. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so the Niners are going to have to run the ball against Minnesota. And if they're going to do that, it's going to have a lot to do with George Kittle. So he's going to be my fourth pick and that's great value for me. It is great value. Um, he could have a if he has a touchdown. It's the first time in his career he has a touchdown in four straight games. Wow! Red zone hasn't dynamo he, George Kittle hasn't he never had con- touchdowns in consecutive games? I thought I saw Matt Barrow say that until two weeks ago. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um. All right. My last pick. Hmm. Do I just keep going chalk here? Sure. I'm not going to. I have a fun. Uh, one all right, you need to go hipster for for us because I'm going to go chalk because I'm really trying to win this thing. I'm competitive. Yeah, you're on as a hell. two game losing streak that right. <laughs> in a in a thing where the standings don't matter. Right. Um. So I'm going to go with Nick Bosa. Okay. Good player. Lots of sacks. <laughs> New career high in sacks. He has ten already. Uh, ten sacks in ten games. That's pretty good, right? So you can basically count on a sack a week. He's also really good against the run. He's just, he's so sound. Like, what are, I'll need to like ask somebody who's a lot smarter than me to like tell me what Nick Bosa's weaknesses or weakness might be. Because I don't know what it is. Like, to me, he's very much an all-around player. And like his pass rushing, pass rushing stands out for obvious reasons. But he's also just really good against the run. He reads plays really well. Um, and so I'm picking Nick Bosa. And I I feel really comfortable with my team. With Debo Samuel, Trent Williams, and Nick Bosa. This might be the best draft I've had all season. Yeah, this is this is really good. You have three of the 49ers, five best players. Shout out to me and thinking really critically about this. So part of me <laughs> wanted to go with Jimmy Garoppolo. And oh, just- and just bank on another really just, good game. Just trolling the entire first half of this podcast. Yeah, but I'm going to not do that because yeah. I think the Niners are going to are going to try really hard to gash Minnesota on the ground and not I mean we talked about it. They've been they've been, you know, plugging away on the ground and and I think Jeff Wilson Jr.'s longest carry the other day was 11 yards and Trey Sermons was 12. But I think Elijah Mitchell's going to play this week and I think they're going to really try and rip off some big plays on the ground um i'm gonna stay on defense and i'm gonna go with aziz al shire oh i like it all right who's having a like just very quietly just fit in as the well linebacker really really nicely and if kirk cousins is gonna make a bad kirk cousins play i could see him just throwing a ball directly into aziz al shire's chest and just when it comes to stopping Dalvin cook, when it comes to 
um, just kind of being a, a force in the middle of the field, either helping the Niners get off the field on third down, or he hasn't been great in coverage, but he can he can do that a little bit. I just Aziz Alshire a lot of times has kind of jumped off the screen to me this year, and and I could see him doing that doing that on Sunday. So I'm I'm going a little bit hipster, sort of for the sake of the bit, but also because I I think I need a player on defense. I had two offensive players. So with with Jimmy Garoppolo and honorable mention. I'm going with Aziz Alshire. I like it. If there's a guy who transformed his body in like a noticeable way from last season to this season, mm-hmm. I think like it's Aziz because like <laughs> he is big now. Yeah. Like he was like a, you know, athletic, like fast linebacker and stuff, but he's mm-hmm. like big and he like yeah. really hits people. Um. So, yeah, I don't hate the pick. And honestly, like Trey Greenlaw could play this week. Um, Kyle Shanahan alluded to that. It might be that Greenlaw is like the third linebacker, mm-hmm. sort of in a bit role, like that Mar- Marcel Harris role, while Al Shire, you know, sort of holds down the, the spot next to Fred Warner. Mm-hmm. Um, but the point being, like, right now with the way Aziz is playing, I don't know that there's like a huge drop off from Dre Greenlaw to Aziz. It was something that when Greenlaw went down, I was, well, Al Shire was really good in week one. But it was something that when when you saw Greenlaw go down, it was like, man, I don't know if they can replace him. Not that Dre Greenlaw is a Pro Bowl caliber linebacker or anything, but but Alshire had not been awesome in in his in his roles as the as the Sam linebacker, but he's been he's been really, really good. A couple of hiccups here and there, but like I'm not gonna fault him for getting beat for a touchdown in the red zone by DK Metcalf. Like that's a fault no, of the, no, no, of the no, scheme. Definitely not. <laughs> and he's an undrafted guy. Yeah, in his third year. Yeah, undrafted guy, starter, playing at a at a reasonably high level. Also an ACL guy. Mm, yeah, might have been a Florida draft Atlantic. For, uh, yes, I believe that's so. right. Or that's Florida International. Right. FIU. I think it. I mean, I think it's one Fl- of those. I think Florida International was actually, and this is, um, John U. Smith. I think was Florida International. Okay. Which is why you're confused. Clearly. Because I, I knew exactly where John Smith went to school. <laughs> um, a little bit of housekeeping. I'm going to feel really dumb if Alshire went to Florida International. Um, no, it's Florida Atlantic. He's the Owls. Yeah, Florida. Okay, okay that's right. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, a lot of Owls in Florida, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, Drew Bledsoe was the first overall pick in 1993. Oh, okay, yeah. Right. Glad we got that out of the way. Yeah. Washington I, I State, had that, right? I had that early on. What's that? Washington State? Yes, Wazoo. Go Cougs. Shout out Janie McCauley and Clay Thompson. Clay Thompson. Who God, else? I can't wait till he plays basketball again. Kareth Burke. Uh, Ryan Leaf. Of course. My uh, sophomore year of college geology teacher. Oh, yeah. Without question. Yeah. She said the line, and then I went to Washington State where I became a Cougar. And it's like, whoa, that's your personal business lady. <laughs> Go Cougs. Um, I was at the game Saturday night in Sacramento when the fan puked all over the court. Oh, talking about the Sacramento Kings. Yes. Mm. Big Kings guy. Huge Kings fan. Everybody knows Big this about Kings, you. Kings guy, King, Kings expert. You bleed purple and black. <laughs> no. I mean, I just, I write about him for the paper. Now, right. So I, uh, it's, it's been Do interesting. Do you want me to include that? Because I say 49ers beat writer for the Sacramento Bee. And I and I think technically your <laughs> title has changed a little bit. 
Um, do you want me to put covers of 49ers for the Sacramento Bee yeah, yeah, along with the Sacramento Kings? Sacramento Kings expert? Covers, covers. I mean, I've I still cover the 49ers, right. but it's less so in a day-to-day beat role. Right. And more like write a few things a week and then right. all the games and all that stuff. Sure. Um, but yeah, I do King stuff now too, and and obviously other stuff. I had a front page story about golf. No big deal. A one. Um, but yeah, doing doing a bunch of other stuff, including the Kings. But the guy threw up on his leg and wouldn't stop. He was an- throwing up and would not stop. He didn't move. He wasn't like, oh, I got to puke. Let me like try to like run somewhere where it might be more appropriate to puke. He sat in his seat and continued puking. And it took 20 minutes, and then Luke Walton is fired the next day, and it just seems like the most perfect Kings thing that's ever happened. It's it's an unbelievable, like, perfect... It's like if that happened in a movie about the Sacramento Kings, you'd be like, well, it never got that bad. Right, but you'd be like, you're making like, this up. Like, this right. is bad, yeah, this is bad right. writing. This right. wouldn't actually happen. Like, oh, God, puked on us. Okay. But that puke, happened. Puke for uh, you can, By the way, real quick, you can, if you're listening to this because you want to hear 49er stuff, you can turn it off now. We're going to talk about the Kings for a minute. Um, <laughs> subscribe, rate, review, tell your friends. So, um, the thing, so with me, when I, when I have to, um, um, emit stuff from my body, um, puke. I tend to like puke I have to, when I have to throw up. Yeah. Um, this is great content. <laughs> it is. I make it a point to be near nobody. And if I have an inkling like, ooh, this might happen, I get out of that. This guy was courtside at an NBA game and was like, I'm fighting through it. I saw him I saw him walk back like after he was told to leave. (laughs) Just tell him to leave. Just all it was all over him. All over his shirt and his pants and his shoes. Like, yeah, I'm with you. Like, nobody wants to be a- around somebody who's throwing up. It's very un- it's it? uncouth. Unbecoming. Un- unbecoming. There you go. That's better. Okay, yeah. we're, we're, we're done talking Hydrate. about this. Hydrate. Hydrate. Yep. Don't drink too much. Um, don't overeat. Maybe that's what it was. Yeah. I'm guessing it had more to do with alcohol. Maybe. Um, I'm not going to speculate. I-, I don't want to speculate for sure. I don't know that guy's life. Yeah. Just hydrate. Uh, he was for sure dehydrated after the fact and probably during, but hydrate. <laughs> I drink so much water, bro. Dude, you're the water king. I'm, whew, wow. Look at that. This big <laughs> slug age duo, right? All here. right. Let's get out of here. We're getting out of here before people. Hey, happy Thanksgiving. Yeah, uh-huh. you too, man. Speaking of over. Are you talking to the listeners? Uh, everybody. Oh, okay. Happy That's Thanksgiving fun. to you and Heather and the folks. Um, I get to spend it with family this year, which is kind That's of a, great. kind of a unique thing. Yeah. All my family's it's, on the East coast. So it's one of my favorite days of the year because you get to hang out and watch football and there's wonderful smells emanating from the kitchen. Yeah. It's just, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to drink so much Cooperage. I know this is a very pro Christmas podcast, but Thanksgiving is my favorite holiday. Wow. Stunner. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a really good holiday. Family, food, and football. Like, Christmas is cool, but, like, I also have to go to the mall and wait in line and some traffic. Good point. Buy things that I don't really want to buy for people. That's fair. 
actually, I take that back. I love buying gifts for people just to see the smile. <laughs> <on their face. laughs> Perfect. All right, let's get out of okay, here. Okay, we're gone. See you. All right, see you.